two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on episode 45, a number only notable because it's half of 90. Blue, we are on topics, and you have one that you're uh, just yeah, roaring to get into. The positive one or the negative one? That's the real question. Uh, uh, let's start with the positive one, because okay. the... The negative one, I can I can feel that we're both going to have a lot to say about. So, Valorant... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've been playing um, a, a board game yesterday uh, with a couple of people that came over, and God, it was surprisingly uh, a lot of fun. Well, not super surprising, because I do enjoy board games. Uh, and this was kind of down my street kind of thing. It was that kind of culty, horror-y... That kind of thing. Uh, heads up for people listening. There are some... I'm going to euphemize things. But it's not super PC. This is not a game you would play with your parents. Um, yeah, so... There's this awesome game called... Um, what was it? Kingdoms of Death? Or was it Kingdom of Death? One of them. And... There's a lot of rules to it. It's not for, it's not a pick up and play thing. It's the kind of game where you come back to it on like a weekly basis or something, and you just keep your characters and you keep pushing through the story like a video game, but with actual figurines and statistics, all this kind of stuff. So it's like a dystopian. I was gonna say future, but it's more like dystopian past. Uh, Is it? Just looking at the website you sent me. Yeah. By the way, it's called Kingdom Death. Uh, okay. uh it it looks almost like um, Lovecraftian, like the whole. A lot of the things when we were playing it, um, the person I was playing with doesn't really know anything about Lovecraft or all that kind of culty side of things. But a lot of the things I, I did stop and go. This seems like something from this, uh, like the the even just like. The use of lanterns. I don't know why lanterns are kind of a culty thing. Um, and yeah, no, so like the tutorial, we were playing the tutorial of it. And there was like a big fucking lion. I think it's called a white lion. There's four of us. Uh, I was playing two characters, and then the other two people I was playing with had one character each. Uh, and the monster, the monster's turn is reflected by whoever's holding the monster's card, and that gets passed around each turn. Um, and yeah, it kind of goes like that. It's a, it's a turn-based fighting game. If you attack an enemy from the back, you have an advantage, that kind of thing. You can have different armor, different weapons. And it is very brutally difficult. Um, if you Even if you hit the enemy, there's a chance that you could draw like a bad hit card, which is like a trap. So I had a character with a knife, and I ran up behind the dude. Uh, this wasn't actually in the tutorial. Uh, a certain character I called Mr. Fuck Robin. <laughs> and Equestrian <laughs> Bronte reference. I uh, I started knifing this this line in the butt cheek. Right, I got three hits, which is really good. That's all my hits landed, but one of the hits was like a, a trap card kind of thing. Which meant that not only did none of my hits hit, but the lion turned around and give me a gave me an ouchie on my tum tum. Which meant that 
Fokgraven could not move more than one square for the rest of that, um, that hunt. And further on to that, a bit later on, my other character went a bit insane, a little bit, and head-butted Fokgraven in the chest, where he'd already been ouchied, <laughs> and burst Fokgraven's lung. <laughs> Meaning he got one, one less movement. So Fokgraven was literally immobilized <laughs> in front of the lion uh, and had to resort to throwing rocks at the beast from afar and hoping the beast didn't focus on it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's quite it's quite dark. It's also the, well, the, the f- Go on. I, I, It is interesting how they have that level of nuance in the terms of the injuries you can get, mm. like burst lung, you were saying. Yeah, uh, so there's uh, a bunch of different uh, disabilities and things. So, Fort Graben, uh, during that one fight, he got the characteristics of unlucky, which means he can't ever crit. He got mm. the um, burst lung, whatever the fuck that was. And he also got um, broken hip. <laughs> so he further couldn't move. Anyway, this meant that... Oh god, just put him down. On the end of the fight... Oh! At the end of the fight, some things get, like, magically healed, some things don't. So, his burst lung, weirdly enough, gets healed. But his broken hip doesn't. <laughs> so he comes back to the village, literally carried back to the village, a crippled man. And then there's like, oh, there's an event at the village. Uh, basically, do you want to take drugs? <laughs> and I was like, fuck Graven takes drugs! Let's go. Maybe it'll make him. I mean, I don't blame him. I don't blame him with the broken hips. So there's this big freaking cauldron, right? And there's like fumes coming off of it. And the, the, the way that I rolled it, uh, he ended up getting like the you know, you know when you have like a cup of coffee and you drink it, and then <clears> the bottom of the coffee is like the not sludgy bit, but like the bits that that don't fully decompose, don't turn into coffee, right? So he got down to that bit, and that's when he took a massive fucking whiff of the, whiff of the stuff, and it he passes out from inhaling the fumes. The other characters, when they inhaled the fumes, they got pregnant <laughs> because they inhaled the fumes and then they oh that face guys oh like, what you... oh they made they made burritos right I thought the drugs no no no, no sorry. And so I thought it was like a magic thing, and I was going to be like, even the men? Smoke baby? No. Um, yeah, that's another thing. You have to choose like all the characters, male and females. So there's a chance when they get back and they do an action that they could sleep with someone and get pregnant. So you have more characters for the next hunt. Um, and that's the other thing. The timing things on this, the time... It's really messed so it, up. So what is it, just like it advances like 20 years in between Well, hunts, that's the or... thing. So hunts... <laughs> so hunts are like uh, the actual action phase. And then between the hunt you have the... You go back to the village, You might there might be an event and there's... You can make armor and weapons and stuff. You can also improve your village to have like uh, a bone grinder shed where you can make more stuff from that. And, yeah, but so one period of time, which is considered one year, but it's not a year in the 
standard that we understand a year. Uh, a person can give birth and that child will grow to an age where they are able to consensually make tacos. <clears throat> but also, because Fokgraven got knocked out, he was technically knocked out for the same space of time that it takes someone to be impregnated, born, and hit like 18, shall we say. <laughs> he was like knocked out for 19 years because of the whipping of those drugs, technically. <laughs> that should be plenty of time for his hip to heal. <laughs> well, nope. That's, you know, he's still a crippled man. Uh, Wait, really? <laughs> what the hell was his bones doing in all the, I mean, that time? Like, I don't know. Can bones, like, fix themselves when they're broken? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously You're, they can because... You, so, it know. depends. If you... It, it depends on how bad the break is and where it is. So... That's why, Probably like, you see, can, yeah, fix yeah. If you, if you break if you break your arm, as long as the bone is set properly, it'll heal. And in fact, there there are instances. Sorry for those a little squeamish listening, but there are times when a bone has already started to partially heal, and doctors need to re-break it to reset it. Yeah. Um, because if it if it heals like in not quite right, you'll constantly have pain there. Um, but yes, bones will heal on their own, just like any other you know portion of your body. Mm. Um, but yeah, the only the only parts of your body that don't regenerate and heal readily are most of your organs. Your liver will, um, your brain will to an extent, but not that much. Like, like depending on the amount of damage done to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, bones, skin, muscle tissue, that all heals. So when we went to town, I'm. I was taking this, not in a super... This is the kind of game where you can take it in a super serious manner. Mm. You can meta and you can win it. I did not do that. I was playing, like, the RP and just having fun playing it. So, when we got back to base, um, and any part of your body, so there's, I think, five different segments of your body. There's a head, arms, body, trousers, He's and boots. And, yeah. and so, you can buy armor for them to stop those particular body parts from taking damage. And it's always recommended that you get a helmet. Because your helmet, your, because your head is weaker than all the other body parts. But I got back to base and I was like, you know what I want? A pair of boots. <laughs> yeah. I just want, I equipped all my people with boots. Uh, we get like, loincloths basically at the beginning. That's the, ow, the only armor we get. Because the first thing mm. I was going to buy was trousers. But I was like, alright, we already got armor there. I'm getting boots. Gonna look swanky. So, I also peer pressured another member of our party into buying boots instead of a helmet. <laughs> they go out into the field and they like fall in some kind of acid puddle or something, and their like loincloth yeah. gets burnt off. So they're literally just wearing boots now. <laughs> and then, oh my god, it's just—it's so funny. I... Like the stories that you make from it. Go on. No, no, just, it, it sounds like, I mean, it, it has a very Dungeons and Dragon-esque kind of feel to it, yeah. but it, from what it sounds like, it's something that you can actually sit down and play in one session, and then it's kind of unique for that, and then it goes on. Yeah, you do, like, it, it's it's a very, very, very long game, like, the kind of game that you'll spend years playing one game of, right? Oh, really? Okay, so it is very D&D-esque then. Yeah, um, except... Where in D&D &D you can, like, fudge the rules, you can do whatever. Um, 
there's all very strict set rules in this. Yeah, th there's some people like some people like. There, there are different um, like models on the like tabletop kind of role playing game. There's D and D, which is the one that like most people know. Um, there's the cyberpunk franchise, which has it's what the the you know the modern video game was based off of mm. was was based off of the tabletop game. I actually, when you talked about buying the helmet being the smartest thing, it made me think there was um back this was probably back in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. There were a few YouTubers that I followed, and a bunch of them got together, and they decided to play. None of them did this as their main thing on their channels, but they decided to play a game of Cyberpunk uh, 2020, which was the... Hmm. Cyberpunk 2020 was the original, or what? not the original, but the most famous version of the game. And in that game, you like, it's possible, like, to die, like, in one hit. Hmm. If somebody has a gun and they shoot you in the head, you're gone. And so, again, recommended to get a helmet or, like, um, some other kind of armor. And they didn't. They pissed off some gang that was, like, much higher level to them. And this was, like, probably, like, five or six sessions into the game. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the three players was running, and one of the guards rolled, like, a lucky crit. And then you have to roll for where they get hit on the body, and then he got hit in the head, and he was just dead. Jeez. Yeah. Full HP to zero HP right there, and then that was he had to make a new character uh, to keep the game going. That's one thing. It must um, like in this game as well. Like it's very easy for your character to die. Uh, I mean, considering how easily he got bitch slapped by the lion and then <laughs> broke his hip. I mean, he like, got very lucky, and also one of those attacks was from a friendly player who happened to be near him. Um, but God. Um, when you get criticals on the enemies, so if you're attacking them, and you, when you attack something, you get like a, a hit card, so it tells you where on the animal you hit. Mm. Uh, so one of the people I was playing with got a hit on the, uh, the a card called the Fuzzy Groin, and they criticaled on it, and they walked away with the lion's love spuds. Yep, so they got that as an item card <laughs> at the end. And so later on, they turned that into a like a vigor potion or something. <laughs> so it can be quite dark, but also kind of fucking funny. But that's a card that you can have. <laughs> I see what you mean, though. It does sound like it would be an entertaining game to play, but also, yeah, not the kind of game you necessarily want to play with your parents. Yeah, no, not that. <laughs> uh, oh, also that the person I like um, peer pressured into not getting a helmet. They actually got a negative trait later on called... Ah, uh, what's it called? You know when you, like, think that you are, you are beautiful? Um, but you're not? Or narcissistic. when you just are... So they got yeah, the, yeah, narcissistic. That's what you're looking for. They got the narcissistic trait, which means they can't wear helmets. And if they were wearing a helmet, they would take it off and crush it so that no one else could use it. <laughs> so I rubbed that in like crazy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's my experience with the game so far. I'm going to be continuing in like a couple of weeks, probably from now. That does sound like a lot of fun, mm. honestly. I'm all for trying out like new new games like like that. There's one. Um... Oh, a board you game. Know what? I can't think of it. Mm. What? I was, maybe you trying to think of a board game. 
No, well, there, there's a few board games that have tried to condense that sort of D&D format down into something that can actually be done in, like, one sitting. Like, mm. maybe a couple hours of gameplay. There is a D&D um, board game that I have done runs of that that have lasted one sitting. They're long sittings, they take the whole day, but they can be done in one sitting. Yeah. Um, there, there's one that one of my um, one of my college buddies has been doing called... Um, it's it's called like one shot. Mm. I think it's and it's it's a modification of another game system that is designed so you have a very stripped down character sheet. You customize a few things, make up a little backstory, and then it's just boom, you're going and you do like a whole storyline in like four to five hours. Yeah, which sounds like a lot of time for a board game for people who don't <laughs> play this sort of thing. But believe me, that's v- remarkably short that's like for these sort of tabletop games. A game and a half of Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, and Monopoly well, is very simple. <laughs> and Monopoly can go for very, very long periods of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds like... Um, I think I've showed you this a long time ago, but uh, Yorks Cast used to do something called Yorks Quest, where they had yeah mm. a, a super trimmed-down version of D&D, where it was easy to make a new character, and... Like, there's a lot of planning that goes into the DM side of it, but once you've got that planning down initially, the characters themselves don't have to do much to to remember anything or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's enough positivity. Let's get angry. Okay, yeah. Oh, God, I've been raging out so much this week. I don't know if it's because I've had a bad day of work or something, bad week of work, or... I don't think it is. Maybe I'm just stressed out, I don't know, but... I'm getting increasingly frustrated by people on video games in particular, and this is probably because I've been playing this game in particular a lot this week, on Valorant. The number of just... You know, I'm going to control the language because I want to use I want to use the far stronger <laughs> terms. Just, just for, for backstory, for those that don't know, uh, Valorant, it's a team-based first-person shooter, competitive game, um, each character, there's a bunch of different characters. The characters all have different abilities, but it's primarily a first-person shooter. So, first and foremost, it's reliant on your skill to actually, you know, shoot the enemy. And secondly, you get bonus abilities, flashbangs, smokes, um, they all have ultimate abilities. Um, but yeah, just hmm. for those that don't know. Alright, Blue, Also, go. I want to preface this argument I'm about to start with. I am not saying that surrendering is always a bad option. Alright, I literally surrendered earlier today because someone on the enemy team was 22 and 1. Alright, that means they've killed 22 of our teammates and they've died once. That means to me that they're either hacking or really fucking good Smurf playing, uh, Smurf being a really good player who makes a new account to fight people who aren't as good and just dominate them. But, that being said, there have been games of Valorant where, and I think Kaiser's been part of these, and I know he gets frustrated about them a lot as well, where we are literally winning the game. We have won more rounds than the enemy, and our team has voted to surrender. And yeah. Or attempted to. You have the ability to surrender in most games. Like, in CSGO, in, I don't know, can Overwatch surrender? 
Uh, I think they might be able to. I know you can in League of Legends. That used to be something that pissed me off all the time. Yeah, uh, I think Rainbow Six Siege, you can also do it. Basically, any first-person shooter, pretty much, you can surrender. Most most competitive games have the ability to, to, you know, concede a match. But no game have I seen so many, like, fast-to-surrender people than in Valorant. And That's because you haven't played League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... There isn't actually a surrender boot in that, though, is there? No, there is. Oh, is there? I was going to say, because obviously I play HOTS, and people all the time say, I don't want to play this anymore, and then they just go AFK. But they yeah. don't actually have a surrender thing in that game. HOTS is so... Like, those games are so quick. I mean, a surrender True. vote would be pointless in that. Uh, yeah, um, only 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, and I... Just to... My, my opinion on this has softened a little bit over the years. I used to be a hard line, like, if it's a ranked game, you don't surrender. It's yeah. like, no, you, you keep playing until you've, like, until it's, like, actually decided. Because it, it's, if you're in, like, something that is ranked, you should be trying your best. Mm. Um, the one exception to that was always StarCraft. StarCraft has always had sort of, like, a, there's, like, a, an etiquette behind everything, like... You don't you don't say good game before your opponent has conceded the match. You don't like um, and if you if you have legitimately lost, unless your po- opponent was being a dickhead during the match, you you surrender. You don't make him have to chase down and kill all your buildings. Now, if your opponent was being an asshole, then you take your buildings and you hide them all over the map to waste his time. <laughs> um, but I used to, in League oh, of Legends, there's there's a, there's a map, isn't there, where um, there's a little island. I think the top left and the bottom right corner yep. where you can't get to unless you have flying units and yep. <laughs> I think I remember playing against my brother a long time ago and it was just my command center left and I just flew and it up to the top corner <laughs> sat there yep. uh, I've I done that before I've actually an asshole, I think I was actually I've seen, to come back well that's the thing you can come back from that I've seen players who legitimately because it's legit if you get if you get rushed early on by say this is going to be completely gibberish to people who don't play StarCraft. Mm. But if you get rushed early on by uh, Zerg, who, mm. when they rush, it's mostly land units. And it takes them a while to get a, enough air units to do anything. So if you're playing as as Terran, the race that Blue's talking about, you can float your base over there into those islands. And if you put up some AA defenses, anti-air defenses, and start to build up, you can legitimately come back from that. Because most times... At least in that era of StarCraft, when you were rushing with a, a Zerg, you were doing it on one base, which meant that you were probably on an even resource footing with that Zerg who did that. Now he's got to change his entire strategy. He probably went all in on that rush. Yeah. Um, sorry, I played a lot of StarCraft competitively, so I'm... Just... Anyway. Um, but no, League of Legends, like, that used to annoy me all the time. It did have a surrender vote. It used to be 20 minutes when you could surrender. Mm. And there were people who, at, like, 15 minutes in, when the score was relatively even, just because one player on the enemy team was doing particularly good, they're like, all right, you know, just, you know, surrender, forfeited at 20 or something like that, to the yeah. point where I, it just, you need a, a majority of votes. So three Three out of five players need to say yes to actually surrender at 20 minutes. They added in a 15-minute surrender vote, which blew my mind. But you need a unanimous vote to surrender then. That used to infuriate me Mm. so much. I've kind of come around a little bit more to... I can see now if it's like... 
like if it's really stacked against you, you're you know you're losing. They've got double digit kills more than your team. They're taking more objectives and stuff like that. I'm like a little bit more okay, fine. Let's let's surrender just because. But I used to fight people over it in the game. Just like no, what the hell are you doing? Never surrender. Yeah. Um. This thing with is... the Valorant thing, it's the same thing. Like the games you're talking about, we were playing earlier this week and. We had a game where it was relatively close. We had, I think we'd won six rounds, they'd won five or yeah, something like, like seven, that. Yeah, six, six and five, something like that, yeah. And then the person tried to surrender. It's like, what the hell are you doing? They didn't succeed because no. we both voted no, but what what are you doing? Yeah. I, I, we'd I lost can understand... two rounds in a row, and then they were like, well, we've lost then. We've lost two rounds in a row. I would like... I can, Sorry. I can understand quitting when you are losing badly. And you just want to save time, move on to the next game. You know, you don't want to get angry. Yeah. But why quit when you're winning? Yeah, I don't quit to get into another game faster. I quit to stop myself getting angry. Like, yeah. then I will be playing worse. Um, no, I was talking to Scott earlier this week, and we were talking kind of about this. And his view is that he he's all right with surrendering. He he's fine with that. But what he cannot stand is the overtime surrender. Which is when uh, it gets... If you're if both teams are 12-12, you go into overtime and you have two more rounds. And after those two rounds, if you're still drawing, as in if one team got one point and one team got the other, then it gives you an option to uh, draw the match. Scott yeah, which means that, that. everyone has wasted their time. Yeah, kind of everyone. I think... I think I'm probably the person who doesn't mind it as much, but I know you and Scott absolutely despise it. Um, I still... I think I've yeah. once voted for a draw. And that was probably when I was like, alright, this game's gone for so long, there's stuff I need to do. Yeah. I need to draw it out. Um, yeah, my... I don't know. I Just to me, a draw feels... It feels like the literal worst outcome. I would rather lose than have a draw. Yeah. It does seem kind of, um, I don't know, obviously we're wasting our time no matter what because we're playing a fucking computer game, but <laughs> it does have that extra edge of, okay, this is a super long match, it was clearly a very good match because it was, both teams got an even number of points, this was a well matched up fight, but now everyone's just going to walk away, but I actually going to see yeah. who's, who's better by that little fucking margin. It's the ultimate anti-climax. Yeah. Tell you what, though. Reason not to surrender, as me, Scott, and Yumi um, demonstrated this week. I don't think you're there for it, Kaiser. Um, no, I had a pretty busy week at work. It was... We got to the halfway mark, right? It was, I think, 7-5 to us. So we were winning. And then both of our random teammates left. So it was... Three versus five, and we won the fucking game. We won, what's that, five, six rounds. Yeah, because you need 13 to win. We won six games of just three man versus a five man team. And God, we were fucking like, there was a fire under our asses the whole time. And it was great when we finally won. And then Scott messaged me later and he said, by the way, that was unrated. <laughs> and I was like, no, ah. no. <laughs> I mean, but, it didn't but matter. still, though, those crazy epic comebacks are why I, I hate the fact that 
surrendering in, in these games are even an option. That, I mean, it's, it's definitely... A, it's a result of... Well, yeah. And it depends on the game. I, I, I talked about League of Legends earlier. That game... They, they've modified it to make it less fun, um, but it used there used to be a lot more potential for dynamic shit like that to happen. Mm. There was a lot more potential for there to be like some kind of a crazy comeback or turning you know turning on your enemy. They might be winning most of the game, and then you make some crazy play, and then you come back and win. Mm. Now everything is the league is making the same mistake that StarCraft Two made when they released the pat, multiplayer patch for. Heart of the Swarm. Mm. They made the game too balanced. So everything, like, once you kind of... In in that version of StarCraft II... Comp- it, comp- it killed the StarCraft II competitive scene. Because things were so balanced that pro players would know the result of a game within the first, like, five or six minutes. And then it was the other player's match to lose. They just had to screw something up. And then maybe there was a chance again. It made the matches very boring to watch. Mm. Um... League is doing the same thing, from what I've seen. It's one of the reasons I've barely touched the game in the last, like, year or so. They just... Everything is so balanced that once you kind of... Like, it's very, very difficult now for somebody who's got, like, a minor lead not to start having a major lead and then an even more major lead. Yeah. You could flip it on its head before. And that was one of the reasons I hated the Surrender vote, because... I loved those plays. I loved it when you could flip the game around and then suddenly make a comeback. Um, mm. And even if it didn't happen, I loved trying. Now, so that that's I a hundred percent. I I love I love games like that yeah, when that I, sort of thing happens. I, I'm I'm as I said at the beginning before I went off on on Valorant. I do surrender occasionally. Like I don't think it should not be a thing, but mm. I. Uh, the other thing, which I wasn't even aware of until like a month ago, and I went flipping ballistic, was the um, remake function that Blizzard—not Blizzard, Riot—Riot um, Riot seems to put in their games, which I had no idea it was a thing. Uh, yep. If a player leaves during the first or second round of a game, you can remake. Then remake with no consequences at all. Like, don't get yep. me wrong. I would hate to be on a team where in the first or second round, a guy quits. Because that's just disgusting. That's terrible etiquette. If you're not going to be able to play a game, don't play ranked, alright? Play unranked. Or just... I don't know. Don't play. Just don't play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you're going to leave in like 10 minutes, don't play a game that's going to take 40. Exactly. Like, And, and if you're like <laughs> emotionally fragile... Just don't play the games at all, because if you're going to quit out halfway through a game, it's not going to help your psyche, it's not going to help the rest of your team, who maybe had nothing to do with it. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, not only... Do, so, I, me and my team were, were, had a really good start. We were playing well. There was no hackers on our team, nothing like that. One person on the enemy team quit. Don't know why. Could have been a rage quit, could have been just mm. disconnected or something. And, yeah, then the other entire rest of the other team just got off lucky. Because they could just forfeit the game and start another one. They Um, added the same thing into League um, a while back. So, I think it's the standard feature in their games. It's horrible. Um, And uh, I was playing a game recently where 
one of our teammates was just AFK from the start of the game. Mm-hmm. And so technically we we should have been able to remake. But because AFK people like move their mouse slightly every so often, they don't actually get properly kicked from the game. So even though we are a man down, A, we don't get an extra bubble for the person not being in the match. And B, we can remake. But uh, the other people on my team were like, ah, oh, if only he was actually AFK, we could remake. And I'm like, this is just a shitty situation. Like, everything that everyone is saying, I disagree with fundamentally. I don't want to be on this team. I'm not going to surrender, because that's what they want. <laughs> but, oh, God. Like, you can see Wait. why Valorant gets me so mad when even my own team infuriates me on a game-by-game basis. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like that's that's a riot game. Um, I it's just it's tailor made to attract some of the lowest scum. But the, I say that as somebody who played one of their games for like ten years. Um, but they and to, to give people a little bit more context about why that person being you know AFK in the game and not moving, not participating, but also not quitting or getting booted. There are three things. If somebody is properly booted, like you said, there's a um, orb that spawns that gives a bonus point to somebody's ultimate, whoever picks it up on the team. And you also get that free half shields on a half halfway point. Yep, you get a free half shield that you know helps you in in one of the rounds. You also now there's one less target for the enemy to shoot. If they get a kill, they actually they get points to use their ult. But if he's there, that means that if they're winning the round, they can just go to your spawn, pop him, and it's a free point for them. So not only do you not get a free point, but the enemy does also get a free point. So it's a different, it's a net difference of two points mm. because that guy isn't properly out of the game, even though he's not playing or participating. And I think it's primarily... The reason that this problem is such a problem is because I'm pretty sure Valorant doesn't have a vote kick function. I it doesn't. do not like vote kick functions. Because if you've seen how they're used in like CSGO, you'll know they are abused to heck so that people oh, yeah. can just be assholes. But it is still a necessity if you don't properly have a thing that can like kick people who are AFK. Like It is necessary. Yeah, there needs to be some sort of retribution if you're just kicking people like too often. Yeah. Uh, if they, if they need to, if they implement things, something like, like that. Oh, he was mean to me, so I kicked him. Yeah. Um, so, in the last couple minutes here, to end on some positivity, because yeah. the the com- the comeback story um, made me nostalgic for the first game that I played really. Com- well, not the first one. Second game I ever played really. First game I ever played really competitive <laughs> was Age of Empires two, but that doesn't count. Oh, um, no, that was a competitive kind of game. You had to play it on like Game Spy, and they had oh, like an God, Elo Game rating. Game Spy is just a bad memory. <laughs> yeah, um, but. Yeah, you, it had, like, an ELO rating. Um, so, like, the, the kind of chess ratings goes from, like, 0 to, like, 4,000 or something. I don't know what, what the rating actually goes between. Right. I just know, like... Yeah, anyway. Halo 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to play that a lot with my friends in high school. And that one, there's no way to quit. unless you. I mean, you could quit out, but you would get you know, punished for quitting out of ranked games. Yeah. Uh, you could get banned from playing ranked. Um, so you were expected to stay in for the whole game. <laughs> they, there was a problem on the original Xbox with some people modding and hacking. Right. So they'd, they'd mod their Xbox, get on, and so we 
me and my friends were playing on a match. There was one kid on the enemy team who was hacking, and then the the rest of them they all knew each other, and the rest of them oh, were I think all. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were all on the the team, but they all they all kind of sucked. So we were staying tied with them. Even the hacker kid could like jump a hundred miles in the air, ran super fast, had a uh, a rifle that was supposed to be a sh- three shot burst, but it was a machine gun when he fired it, so it did tons of damage. He didn't have auto aim though, which was something that. I mean, kind if you're going to cheat, obviously, with, like, jump hacks and stuff, you might as well have also aim. I, little kid, he probably didn't know how to install it. Whatever. Yeah. He, he had those on, at least. And apparently they'd been successful with that so far. What they did, because we were staying tied with him just by killing the other three that weren't hacking, mm. they all quit. And so it was just the hacker kid. So we had to find a way to kill him without him killing us. Because there were four of us now, and one of him. He was very hard to kill, and if he just killed one of us in every engagement before we got him, he'd come out ahead and he'd win the match. So, on this particular map, there was a indoor area with an open ceiling. Mm -hmm. So we hid in that indoor area, in like the four corners of that area, and he would, the only way for him to get in was to sprint in through the door or fall in through the ceiling. And we all just pointed at the middle. So every single time he fell down, all of us would fire simultaneously and kill him. Or every time he came in through the door, all of us would fire simultaneously and kill him. Is there friendly fire and in that? There is friendly fire in Halo Okay, Halo's that could have gone badly. So we, <laughs> we had to be careful. The only reason we won this is because we were actually... We, like, we were significantly better than them. They just had hacks on. Yeah. But God. we ended up winning the game. It was just... Again, thinking of like comeback story because those are the stories in games like that you remember is like the mm. like, one you were telling about when you're like you're really down, you're up against like crazy odds, up and you know wall, you're yeah. you either either through skill or cleverness or something you you pull something out, um, and I think that's probably why it, that's that's one of the reasons that I personally find the idea of like surrendering matches and those the, the team competitive games like yeah. So distasteful. You cut out those um, magical moments, even if you do have to sift through a load of shit first. Exactly. Yeah. You 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 miss out on some of the slog, but you also miss out on some of the magic. Mm. Anyway. Mm. On that relatively positive note, any final thoughts before we close out segment one? Uh, just love that board game. Uh, can't wait to play it again in a couple of weeks, and I'll try and keep you updated on the uh, adventures of Fuck Robin. By the way, I've heard that uh, none of the women in the village will sleep with him. So that's going to be his goal. (laughs) (laughs) Is it because of his hip? Huh? Is it because of his hip? It's because (laughs) he got his chest sliced open. He got his hip broken. He's unlucky. He got passed out from sniffing drugs. I mean, (laughs) take your pick. (laughs) I don't know, you'd figure there's somebody out there that just, you know, out of pity. Uh. Anyway. Um, Alright, that's going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two. And welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment. What? (laughs) Sorry, so we we did not do a movie night this week. Um, Instead, yeah, very busy bees. Uh, 
probably entirely my fault because I have been working kind of crazy hours this week. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, but there was a lot of media that I had been, well, that I wanted to talk about. It's not that I, I watched a movie necessarily, but I have been listening to an audiobook that Blue had been um, bugging me to uh, read. Read or listen to for quite a while. <laughs> I finally got to it because I finished the old series I was working on. Um, and also, a, a TV show that I mentioned quite a while back on the podcast. Uh, I just kind of binge, well, not binge watch, but watched the entire series up until a point, and I was enjoying it. It wasn't like any, it was kind of like popcorn TV. It was something I'd sit down and just watch and go through. They came out with no, it isn't. It's uh, Lucifer, if you remember that one. Uh, um, yeah. Which, I still find it odd that I like that show because it's so Californian. What? I think you said it got kind of a bit too dumb mm. or something. I'll get to it. So, to start with, um, you know, let me start with uh, Lucifer because that's actually going to be the shorter of the two, I think. So, for people who haven't heard um, before, haven't heard of it, or weren't listening back when I was talking about it before, Lucifer is a TV show set in modern Los Angeles, um, and it centers around a police agency and one detective in particular, who, through some chance encounter, well, not some chance encounter, basically the, the premise is the devil, the literal, like, biblical devil, Lucifer, is just on a lark in Los Angeles. He buys a nightclub and, you know, parties and whatever. I thought you said no, a lark. No, not lark. <laughs> lark. <laughs> but go, goes on a bit, a bit of a, a lark up in, the, you know, in the, the human world, throwing parties and sleeping around and drugs and all this other stuff. Basically a typical Californian. But the... Um, that's, sorry. little... There. But um, he and the detective kind of run into each other for some reason. And throughout the first season, they do a lot to big up the like the supernatural elements. That's a big part of the show. Like he outright tells everyone that he's the devil, and um, but no one believes him. Obviously, they think he's just some kind of eccentric person. And uh, <clears throat> it just. It goes on and on. He ends up uh, becoming like a police consultant um, just through some kind of contraption. I actually forgot a lot about the first season. doesn't really matter. I've talked about this all in the podcast before. The second season kind of drags on and they focus more. It becomes like CSI with like a supernatural twist. And it, again, just it, it was very long and tedious. Third season, kind of the same. Fourth season, Netflix bought the series and it actually started to get good. Um, they started to really, the, the seasons got shorter, <coughs> the episodes got more interesting, they, they brought back some of the supernatural stuff that I really liked from the first season, and then, you know, kind of introduced some major plot points. It was a lot, a lot tighter and, and more coherent. Then you hit season five. And again, Netflix owns it. Still pretty good. Although they got to the very end, and this is where I was like, okay, 
They ended on a weird cliff. They've literally introduced God now. God is now a character. And he, he comes down and now in they've released a second No, it was, it was a more, it was like it was a disc No no it That's was a disc. Can it? you please let me finish? It was like a discount Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it was like if if you couldn't get Morgan Freeman but and because you were on a budget and you wanted somebody who was almost Morgan Freeman, had a similar voice, similar appearance, similar overall atmosphere, that's who they got. So it's like it, they they got to knock off Morgan Freeman. I don't know if this guy is actually a more prominent actor elsewhere, but I've never heard of him before. But he he literally <coughs> he it's funny you say that. He actually does strike me as like a Morgan Freeman impersonator now that I'm thinking back on him as a character. But I'm only 2 episodes into the new mm-hmm. season. And two things have struck me right. Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. He probably would have done it, too. Um, anyway, so I'm only two episodes in, and already some things are starting to annoy me. Things that I, I probably glossed yeah. over when I first watched the series, because I was really into the, the whole idea of the show, because I thought it was kind of original, it was a cool little mm-hmm. concept. Um, it's... Now that... They're, they're, you, there was this long-running theme throughout the show that the main character, Lucifer, has this... Uh, he has issues with his father. Which, if you know the biblical story, the reason the devil, you know, is ruling over hell is because he led a rebellion against God. Um, and then him and all the angels who sided with him were sent down. And his punishment was essentially to rule over hell. Um, and so they they make it into, in the show, almost like a... Uh, like a more human domestic thing where he's always complaining about his dad and how he never loved him and all this stuff like that. That, when it was all kind of... When you had this this character of his father kind of way off in the distance, thousand yards, and you didn't actually see or hear from him, then it sort of was a little bit... I, I don't know. Now that they've actually introduced him as an actual character, there's a scene where he's just shouting in his face on a football field. And I'm like, this is... It's getting a little bit... We, I, I want to see where they go with it. Because they've hinted that there could be like some kind of a darker resolution to how things play out. Um, but, I don't know. I just find myself a little bit... I'm going to finish it just because I want to finish the series. I want to see how they wrap things up. But I just... Mm. I feel like they're running out of ideas. They, they've kind of hit a lot of major plot points, and now they're kind of at a weird point. Also, I... How do I put this? Something I was thinking about the other night when I was watching it. One thing that really, really annoys me is when, like, a TV show goes out of its way to implement, like, Californian culture. Specifically, like, the, the city the city, the Southern Californian kind of culture, where it's just like every everybody needs therapy, everyone's doing drugs and everyone's partying, you know, everyone has family issues, everyone has mental issues, and that's like just, it's a requirement for the show. And they put it into every show, mm-hmm. even when it doesn't make sense. It's in this show too, but it makes sense because it's set in LA. It's... Right. It, 
that's I think why it doesn't annoy me as much in this show. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I think uh, putting God into anything it makes it uh, very tough because like even when you're playing D and D these days, it's kind of expected that when you get to the top level you're going to be yeah. fighting God. But that's end game. But theoretically, gods should be as infallible as like the ocean. Like you can't well, this kill is... the ocean. You just can't. Particularly, this is the issue with putting in the Christian God as a character. Because, yeah, the, the whole premise of the Abrahamic religions, the God in those traditions, like, you know, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, it's an infallible, all-knowing, all-powerful being. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit different when you use Norse mythology or Greek mythology, because they had a pantheon of gods, and they were very, very flawed and fallible. They were extremely powerful, yeah. but they were flawed and fallible. Um... So, it, it's... I'm curious... I'm only two episodes in. I'm curious to see how they handle it. But so far, I agree with you. This seems like a bad idea. <laughs> like, from a story perspective. Yeah. And I think it's probably because... I imagine Greece and the, their gods... They probably have a lot more stories. Because, like, obviously, people, I think, know a lot more stories about those gods than... like. How many, in Christianity, how many story stories do you know about our god, apart from him, like, turning up in the uh, Garden of Eden and stuff like that? Because if god turns quite up, a few. he wins. Like, um, it, it's never direct involvement. It's always, like, he's working through agents, So, but he'll communicate directly. A lot more in the Old Testament. Like, there's the story... Does god ever lose? Does god ever lose? No. That, uh, whereas yeah, in in Greek and Norse, I feel like they definitely do lose, like where the frost giants are about and stuff like well, that. Well, the whole premise behind uh, Norse mythology is that at the in the end of days, the gods lose. That's Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, Ragnarok. Um, yeah. Which I think it's weird. We're kind of we're making religions stories and we're saying this is a good story this is maybe not as good a story but i mean it's 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 not a story to people they take it as well gospel you could say um but purely as a story wise i think yeah i think norse and greek gods have a lot more are more multifaceted well, and and, and so that was the, the whole with. premise behind well that was what those religions were. They, those gods were supposed to be... They're multifaceted because they're supposed to be representatives of, like, things in nature. You know, Thor beating his hammer was mm. thunder. And, like, you know, you go to the Greek religions, like, Poseidon was, like, the god of the ocean and of horses. You know, Zeus, king of the gods, and, um, you know, Gaia, she plants and stuff. I may be mixing up my... <laughs> Gaia, she waves hands. Plants. <laughs> Nature. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's quite a few. Um, they they were multifaceted because they were. The Romans had a better grasp on this. By the time you get to the Romans, they were let when they thought of religion, like it was all philosophy. Like, the gods... Oh, there were probably quite a few people in the Roman Empire 
they didn't expect you know Jupiter to be up there on a mountain actually watching things. They they were much more thinking of it as a um, as an abstract as a metaphor. Uh, from what I've read, yeah, words to yeah, exactly. Kind of like they saw they saw the gods as philosophical representations of aspects of nature and humanity. Um, hmm. That's why we have like a god of like yeah. war and stuff, don't they? <laughs> they well, they do. Like, yeah. There's actually a funny um, trivia was a god. Yeah, they're god uh, Bacchus. Yeah, sorry, or Dionysus, depending on which religion you're talking about. But um, there was a god called Trivia, or Trivia. It's where the word trivia comes from. And he was he was the god. I think it was like the god of well lore, like you're talking about. But he was also the god of where three roads meet. Yeah, I guess that that would make sense. Assuming via in some way. It does via via Flaminia was what the Romans would call the yeah. Flaminian road. Um. Right. That's where you get, you know, when we say, I got there via this, it, it comes from that, it comes from Latin. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. It's <laughs> just, this, this started out talking about, like, kind of a cheesy TV show, and now I've gotten into, but... History, which you love. Mind you, I think we all, everyone hmm. loves a bit of um, God history, because there, there's some really yeah. interesting stuff. But that's, that's what I mean, is yeah. those... Those religions and those um, th th those pantheons of gods, because they were meant to be representatives of human experiences and things, with you don't really get mm. that when you're talking about um, the Abrahamic religions, because God is always there, but God is always supposed to be. It's it's beyond mortal kin. It's beyond human understanding, and the the glimpses you get into the philosophy of Christianity comes when God is talking to people on earth when he's you know dealing with mm. the you know the first murder cain and abel when he's dealing with um you know he's testing the faith of people when he's talking to you know moses in the desert um you know he's he's he has people on earth and though like whereas the the greek and roman pantheons and the the norse pantheons it was the gods directly interacting with humanity with the abrahamic religions it's typically god interacting with with people who then interact with humanity, so that, that's that's the difference, and that's why it's just this is a really roundabout way. This got way, way deeper than I thought it was going to, but yeah. for that reason, making the Christian God as a, or even just you know the Abrahamic God in general as a as an actual physical manifestation on Earth. And then interacting with people directly. I don't know where they're going to go with this, but it feels like a bad idea. I feel like they're trying to make him into, mm. like, Zeus, essentially. I wonder if there's, like, a, a Hindu equivalent. I, I don't know. I don't know if Hindu... Because... I don't know about Hinduism, but I know a lot of religions, like, Eastern religions, like, um... Uh... Buddhism, for instance. There is no... God, it's all just kind of a universal connection, you know. Yeah, but it was about yeah about energies and stuff like that, from what I understand. Uh, but no, like Hindus have like uh, that's right, yeah, that's right. They do. They, they have a whole pantheon. Creator, uh, they got that elephant-headed god. Uh, 
who was the son of another one and he was considered ugly or something and that they also have a mm. lot of stories revolving around them i haven't studied it since religion and philosophy class many many years ago so mm. i don't know any of the stories um i know that they also have uh, a great wealth of yeah stories and uh the gods have some flaws and they often argue among themselves etc so and they've got a lot of gods what from what i think yeah they have i mean everyone same thing with the, like the the greeks and the romans people remember like the big ones you know zeus hera mm. um hephaestus hermes all the other like the, the big pantheon but they had like there were tons of them especially the romans especially because whenever they conquered a new area they just were like okay you have this god it's kind of similar to this one they're the same person and oh yeah you had these other ones that we don't have ah we just must not know about them in rome and so they added them to the pantheon so the romans they, they just kept they kept expanding like the new pokemon games it was just there was more and more and more yeah, God. Uh, whenever I think of like these kind of pantheons, I always think of Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well. obviously he studied a lot of that kind of stuff. Well, that his oh, books. what was I thinking? Um, Tolkien, um, the Lord of the Rings, and stuff like that. A I lot know. of the the races that he has in there, the dwarves and elves and things, it came from Norse mythology. Um, hmm. Well, do they have gods in Lord of the Rings? I don't know. I think they just yeah. have legends, like people who did amazing things and they kind of yeah i'm trying to think them. i don't remember if they do i don't i imagine they wouldn't call them gods i think they'd call them something like elderkin yeah. or something like surely the elves i mean elves practically yeah are they're gods. nearly immortal they're all magical and they can move between realms yeah and yet they can do surprisingly <laughs> little <laughs> oh my god um Okay. Yeah. So what was the uh, what was the next topic? That was yeah. So the other one was that talk. book that you've been uh, telling me to get on. So the book oh, the book's yes. called Red Rising, oh, yeah. and I'm gonna basically go through what I understand of it so far, like the the greater universe. Yep. I'll try to stay away from the plugs. Actually, oh, I really like this book um, so far. So from what I understand, the concept the book takes place on Mars to start off with, um, following a group of like uh kind of low-level working class kind of miners who are trying to mine i believe it's hydrogen or something like that from from mars or it's something they're trying to some some resource that's necessary for the society it's following this this main character whose name i forget offhand what was his name darrow 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 D-A-R-R-O-W. Yeah, Daryl. My okay. character from. Oh, D&D. that's where you got it from. Okay, this is making yeah. your character in that game makes a lot more sense now. Um, mm. so he is what's called a hell diver, meaning he's like the head of. He, he's basically the forward scout for the the rest of the the drills. So he's going in first and digging and like you know clearing a path and making sure that they're able. To, it's you know extremely dangerous, extremely like high precision like high skill kind of mining work it's also like the kind of thing that like if you don't have the balls to do it you're probably going to fail and die like you've got not only have to be it's it's not only dangerous you have to be extremely like um 
agile. Yeah, exactly. Agile. Yeah, quick on your feet, agile, good reflexes. So he's they, they make a deal about he's one of the the younger ones. Um, I think he's sixteen in the book. Um, and but they also make a point of like he talks about how old and like tired his uncle is at thirty five. So it's clear that because these miners work a very hard and rough life that they don't make it to old age as we understand it. Uh, and it's also clear after a while that there are different castes. So like there's the Reds, which is what he is, the lowest caste. Then there's like the I don't remember the exact order, but there's the reds, the greens, the coppers, the blacks, or the obsidians, um, and then there's the golds. I didn't think you'd seen any obsidians. They they have shown up, point. but only they're only mentioned that basically with the entourage that the gold guy comes to observe, and then he mentions that he has yeah. So huh? the gold gold's like the pinnacle of society. Black is like oh, like sorry, the inquisitorial is, um, class. Like super, no, obsidians um, like bruisers. They brought up in very harsh environments to be like. Yeah, yeah, but they like also that. mentioned that they're kind of like, they're they're almost like they. He talks about them like they're inquisitorial, like they're they're the people they send after, like they're bodyguards. But they, it sounds like they're also used as assassins, just from the description they gave in the book. Yeah, they would also <clears> be assassins <throat> and things because they are like. The the, the 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 one kind of people you don't want to pick a fight with, they will kill you. Yeah, he talks about them being genetically that modified is. and you know, stronger and stuff. Um, All the classes yeah. are. And then I think the coppers are like administrators, and then the greens handle like media yeah, and technology and stuff like that. The, mm. I think that's... Maybe, but the, the, the colors... But the point is, there, there's a color-based caste system, and it's essentially like... You know, your uniform... The gray... And know, the grays. The grays are like soldiers. Guards, like, just normal... You know... Yeah, yeah working-class soldiers. So, anyway... Um, the the plot so far... I, I'm only... I just got to part two. And I think there's three parts in the, the book. Is Are there multiple books in this series? So, there's three... Yeah, it's like three... Okay. It's a trilogy kind of thing. After the trilogy, it does keep going... But the first trilogy is definitely okay. the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. Basically, what's happened so far, you get the background of this world. They live a really harsh and rough life. They have mining quotas to hit, and if they hit the like, if the person who gets the most gets this thing called the laurel, and then they get a bunch of extra food and booze and cigarettes and you know the resources and stuff to grow their clan. But it's it, you find out pretty quickly that it's rigged. I mean. That's not really a spoiler. I saw that coming a mile away. It was like, no, this... Yeah, it's a yeah. social experiment. And so even though this year they, they should have won it, they didn't, guy gets pissed, stuff happens, and uh, him and his, his wife get into some deep shit um, that ends with him sort of... I'm not going to spoil too much, but he finds his way into a kind of an underground resistance movement, and... Where I am in the book, the resistance movement is starting to reveal some things. Like, there's a lot more colonies out there than they've heard of. That the Golds basically got their power by completely slaughtering anyone that stood against them. And then rigidly enforcing this caste structure. And, uh, yeah. That's where I'm, I'm. I'm really looking forward to getting more into the book. I love... the A lot of the plot points so far have been fairly predictable. but Because it's following a very... 
oppressed class rising up kind yeah. of storyline. You're still in like the first. You've just finished basically what I can say yeah. the first chapter but, of the book. Shit's yeah, it's about to get so, very different. again. Love it so far, but the the plot points, like I said, the plot points so far have been predictable. But I, I got the feeling they're just setting it up because the actual lore of it, when that because now they're starting to reveal what's going on in the wider solar system, what's going on like across the 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 whole empire, whatever this thing is. Now I'm starting to really. I, that that little taste of lore has got me curious enough to keep going with it. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of a it delves a lot indirectly into uh, race, but in this universe, the different races also mean different physical and mental yeah. attributes. Uh, it goes through quite a few very political. And topics. Do you remember a while back I was telling you about that book I read, uh, Brave New World? It's sort yeah. of that that book did a similar thing. They split everyone into different classes, and the way they split them into different classes mm. was by you know when they were in vitro in the artificial womb, they would the people who are slated for a lower class they would stunt their growth, you know, prevent their brain from developing fully, fully. And then the people who are in the upper classes, yeah. they were genetically modified to be even better than humans. So I'm getting a similar impression here, except it's on like, like a not I don't know galactic, but system wide scale where it's multiple planets and they've made an empire yeah. out of it. And it's not it's not like factory maze. Like the people are still mm. naturally birthing. It's just that. The people have grown up in such different areas for such a long time that they naturally are born into very different states of being. I don't want to say anything more than like I have mm. because there is a lot of complexity and there's a lot more. Anyway, yeah, I can't wait till next yeah, week. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, I'm gonna keep going <laughs> with it. Um, I've made a lot of progress in it so far, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens next. Mm. Have we got um, time for uh, more topics? Yeah. I think we kind of do. So there's two topics we can talk about. One is the Discord thing. The other is uh, I've been rewatching One Piece. with. Lisa. Oh, yeah? So which which, which do you want to um, on? Let, honestly, let's talk about the Discord thing, because it's actually um, it's kind of interesting. Okay. The, yeah, you want to you talk so, about it, because you've actually no. experimented with it. Yeah, so the other day we logged into Discord and I was like, huh, Discord's giving me all these pop-ups about some new feature that it has uh, called Stages, uh, or Stage Discovery, as it is in the tab. Uh, and basically, if you click on one of them, there's a bunch of different stages, and that's basically just another way of saying a Discord call from a different Discord server. And if you click on one of them, it will take you to their server, and it will let you listen into their conversations on that call without actually being in the call. Like, you can't interact with them, but you can hear everything that's being said. So, in the first few hours of it being a thing, there was quite a range of um, different just topics kind of thing that have been that were, were popping up. So... 
one thing, I think the most popular thing that I've seen so far is like singing slash talent channels. Getting a lot of them coming up, and if you jump into one of them, it's just people giving their 10 cents. Like, I don't think... <laughs> Discord, while it's, it's good and it works, audio quality-wise, very few people have good microphones. So... The, the the singing's not always the best. Some of the, the rapping is quite cool, but again, people are cutting yeah. out halfway through sentences. Um, but it seems like a pretty healthy um, a place for people to very easily express themselves without having to, you know, do what we do of uploading, you know, making thumbnails and all that stuff. You just hit start a stage and then you can just have a little yeah. little bit of fun. Um, there are also things like let's talk about politics and religion where people were more heated and obviously they don't have much know-how on the hmm. subject matter like it's quite apparent upon going in and people would just be jumping into the call saying their extreme belief on something and then jumping out which those channels got a lot of views, don't get me wrong. It's catchy things that make people be like, oh my god, you can't say that, I'm going to keep <laughs> listening. So, it's it's smart, I guess. Uh, is don't come on here expecting a high quality, no matter what yeah. channel you're listening to. Um, the only other really, like, format that I saw was someone treating it as directly as a free radio station. Uh, they had this channel, I think there was three or four of them in the channel, but only two of them talking. It was this guy and this lady. And they were taking questions from the chat and they were just discussing subjects. Um, and from what I saw, you would expect the chat, I was only in there for like five minutes, but you'd expect the chat to be very immature questions or maybe mm. they were just filtering them out but um it was actually a very PC radio channel where they were discussing whatever questions people wrote in with mm. and I thought that was really cool um it was a little plain because they were being purely positive uh and it felt a little bit forced but nevertheless compared to you know people crackly singing and people shouting their faith at other people it was definitely uh, better content uh, yeah you haven't seen any of them yet so what, my, what my your, thoughts like, I, hey um the the religion and politics one right off like i feel like that's that's the way it kind of goes when well that's like we would do. <laughs> yeah but what i mean when people like you were talking about people jumping in there and just kind of giving half-baked out or very emotional or very radical opinions i feel like that's that's most people are very inexperienced talking about politics or religion and they tend to be very deeply emotional topics so i've been just talking about um there there are very few people um in my life that i can have honest like political or religious conversations with because most people, if you try to have them, they get uncomfortable, they get offended, they resort to just, you know, dis kind of dismissively going, oh, well, this, and then 
conversation over. So I, yeah. I, a, a channel like that, I think even if it, it devolves into just people kind of shouting out random things, I, I think it's a healthy thing. I think more people should have those conversations and try to parse out their thoughts on them. Because if everyone just avoids talking about them, politics in particular, if everyone avoids talking about politics or treats it as a purely emotional topic, um, they're never going to be able to make good political decisions. Because, I mean, most people, like, the, you know, we would know. You live in the UK, I live in the US. If people are utterly ignorant, mm. like, not practiced, talking about or thinking about political issues, they're not going to be making good decisions. And it's kind of, I mean, if you're going to be voting on anything, it's your responsibility to actually at least make an effort to know what the fuck you're talking about. So I think it's healthy, even if it, you know, at first is just people shitposting. Or just trying to get their first uh, their yeah. ideas out there, and it's going to come out raw and sloppy. That sounded horrible. I didn't mean that... Poor adjectives. Poor choice of adjectives. Sorry about that. Well, like, I think I told you at the time, um, when I went to that particular channel, whilst all this was being discovered, someone was also live-streaming Apex <laughs> Legends in that channel. So, I don't know how seriously yeah. they've taken it. Um, and I think they also cut the number of people that are listening. Bear in mind... Like, nothing of good content was being said there, right? But they had, like, a hundred mm. viewers. Like, right now, if I go to Discord Stage Discovery, there is a uh, Talent Show for Dummies channel that's got 215 people listening to it. Like, clearly people are paying attention to this, and... I'm pretty sure we're seeing the same screen, yeah. so theoretically there's only five channels in the whole world one of them. streaming. And they are getting one of them is share your pickup lines. Yeah, it is. And that's only got so 36. Just something that we've we've talked about and uh wanna mention this again. I think it's a it's a good idea. We're we're talking about potentially um you know, maybe next week when you do the podcast, we'll actually just you know, do one of the segments live on one of those, or the whole thing. We'll have to figure out exactly how mm. it works. Um, maybe there's only five because there's an approval process. Yeah, it could be. A, uh, I'm surprised. I am too, honestly. There should be quite. Thousands. I feel like there should be, yeah, a lot more. Um, I haven't. Who knows? Hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a channel needs to be around for some Possibility, too. Or maybe you have a certain number of members go through some kind of a, a vetting these... process. We'll find out. A lot of these channels have about the same, if not slightly more, than The mm. Hive. Uh, that being said, we don't want to do it on The Hive because we don't want to bring in a whole host of people that just... Yeah. Yeah, that's not... Trash The Hive. Yeah, we do. it's um, not really our... It's not our... On our server, but part of the core group. No. But anyway, um, that like we're coming up on on time here. Did you have anything else uh, to say about this, or good to close it out? Uh, well, hopefully we'll do some tonight if we have time. I know we've got quite a bit of stuff to do because we haven't seen mm. each other much this no. week at all. Um, and I still do have some stuff to do tonight. But hey, if we do see any listeners on tonight, which we probably won't, because you won't hear about this until next week. 
then yeah, feel free to drop in and drop us some questions because that is somewhere where we can definitely read your questions live. Yeah, because it won't go on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's not the reason I was going for. But oh, like, yeah, sure. I mean, because this isn't live. Yeah, whereas obviously. that will be. Okay. All right, this is going to be the end of segment two of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment. Welcome back to the Team CJ podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card segment, and we are back to long story short, a game that until we decided to actually do it today, I was thinking we were starting to run out of things for us to describe. But now. Here we are, and we actually managed to think of things. I think they're quite good. Yeah. Uh, before we well, start things be. off, well, I, I always think my things are good. Yeah, um, That narcissism trait that uh, one of your characters got in that game, you know, I just have that naturally. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to do a dice roll Blue's going to roll a die to see which one of us is going to go first uh, Blue, do the honors I'll take odds Okay, you want odds? Okay, cool It's number eight Lose the die What? Eight Eight? Alright, you're first This is me Alrighty So, first one, first round Obviously, uh, we... Actually, yeah, before we get I was going to say, do you want to or do you want me to describe the rules quickly, just for a refresher for those that don't know? Go for it. So, long story short, what we do is within 1 minute and 30 seconds, we did decide it's a minute and 30 seconds. We got confused about the rules one week and did it for 2 minutes. Um, we have 1 minute and 30 seconds to describe the entire lore or story of a work of, you know, a book, movie, video game, what have you. Um... The first one, we choose something for ourselves that we know. The second one, we choose something for the other person we think they know. And for the last one, we choose something for the other person we think they know maybe a little bit about, but they're just going to have to wing it. Comes out with some pretty interesting stuff. Um, so, for the first one, Blue, what have you chosen for yourself? I'm already cringing because I can't even think of really what the story is that I've chosen for myself. Uh, so... <laughs> I am going to be doing the story, to the best of my ability, in a minute 30, of Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Okay. I know this one, too. Yes, you do. Uh, so you can critique me at the end when I get everything yeah. wrong. Uh, for those that don't know, this is a PlayStation 4 game. I think it also came out for the... It's out for the PC now. Yeah, it's a bad um, game that no one should play. Both of us have beaten it, haven't we? Uh, I rage quit near the end. I still need to finish it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. To be fair, I, I took like a six-month hiatus in between beating it, so I'm with you. Anyway, ready. Ready. And go. Okay, so Digimon Cyber Sleuth, I already forgot it, uh, starts out you are in a chat room with a couple of your friends, and then the chat room gets hacked and someone's like, you'd better come here tomorrow or I'm going to track you down and I don't know. Fuck you. Uh, so everyone's like in the chat room's like, oh, I'm terrified. I don't want to do that. But then two people, no, three people are like, one of them being you, are like, yeah, let's go to that place and do something stupid. So you go to that place and then nothing really happens. You talk for a bit and you're like, oh, this is really cool. You walk around and then a giant cyber slug 
numbs your leg. Uh, the other two get away. 45 seconds. Fuck. Uh, the other two get away. You wake up, but you're not actually awake. You go back to the real world. You're just a digital copy in, a, in the real world. Your real body's in a hospital somewhere. And you're, like, in a coma. Uh, you then spend the rest of the game working 30 with seconds. a detective agency to try and solve problems, not actually help yourself at any point, and uh, try and figure out what the virus is doing, and then beat up the people who made the virus. But the people who made the virus are actually Digimon, working for a corrupt human, and then you beat them up. Tw- Ten seconds. you... Uh, you go to the Digimon world at the end, and I don't know what happens beyond here, but I'm assuming you just beat up this the king server thing that's corrupted, and then you come back. Time. Nice. I like that it's just at the end, and you go back. Yeah. Well, that's like I said. I haven't seen the actual you, one, but yeah. But. Yeah, no, I mean, you've got to... Re- you pretty much hit the big points. The, the middle of the game, there's quite a bit of just filler. Yeah, you're just going is, around... That's why I went from the doing... start to the end. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of filler in the middle of the game, but yeah. that's the main thing. Your character gets digitized, and then you have to solve the mystery of what caused this. And there's this yeah. whole subplot about that until the part where I was talking about the end boss, I hadn't actually used the word Digimon because <laughs> they're <laughs> well, not I mean, really a lot of that it... necessary. They're just tools to fight with for most of the game. Exactly, it could be replaced with anything you know digitally. It could have been any game where you go into cyberspace and do some things. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so, um, what's yours? I, I chose to do the plot of Transformers the Animated Series. Uh, the original animated series from the 80s. I could have done, because the, there's a whole book story with like a lot of lore to it, and I could have done that one. Hmm. But I chose to do the animated series because I, I think I know that one better. I haven't actually finished the book series. Gotcha. Alright, are you ready? So, I am ready. Three, two, one, commence! So the series opens up when they are on Cybertron, a entirely like robotic planet. Uh, there's a civil war going on between two factions of these robotic races, Transformers, uh, the Decepticons and the Autobots. The Decepticons are winning the war. They've essentially they're more like warlike, and they've used that to essentially ravage the planet and conquer. But because of this war, the planet's basically fucked. They're running out of energy. They're running out of resources. And so in a desperate attempt to try and make something happen, the Autobots make, like, a ship called the Ark. They fly off the planet. The Decepticons find out about it, so a small contingent force of them chases them down on their flagship. The leader of the Autobots, the leader of the Decepticons are in their respective ships. They get into a big-ass fight. It doesn't go well for either side. They do damage to, to each of them. The Decepticons board, and then both ships crash on prehistoric Earth. And um, everyone's, like, knocked knocked out and drained... Millions of years go by, and nothing happens, because they, uh, or sorry, millions of years go by without anything happening, because they're all unconscious, um, but then a volcanic eruption in the mountain where the ship crashed causes, like, it basically jars the computer awake, and the computer goes around determining everyone's damaged, and just indiscriminately repairs everybody. Ten seconds. So, what? Ten seconds. Six Ten seconds left? What? You didn't give me any warnings at Sorry, all! Sorry, I forgot to give you warnings! Three seconds! Shit! Well, a war happens, and then at the Do end, it. Optimus Prime dies. <laughs> My bad. I was thinking about the story so much, so I forgot to give you warnings. I, like, I'm like, I'm like okay, I, I, <laughs> I haven't heard left. halftime or anything yet, and just like ten seconds, I was like, what? 
bad. God, I would have sped up a lot more. So that, yeah, fair, I basically just gave the pre- you know very well. So you, you did have an advantage on that a lot more than me on Cyberslice. I did the prequel and the ending. Um, basically, what I did was like the first three episodes and then the climax of the movie. <laughs> that is what I described there. Oh, sure. My bad. Uh, anyway. To be fair, a lot like Cyber Sleuth, the actual animated series, there's a ton of stuff in the middle where not much really happens or progresses. There's a few major plot points, but it really all culminates um, at the the actual movie. Mm. The seasons past the movie are kind of weird because the Japanese and US series deviated at that point. So, what's my easy story? You are going to describe, because I attempted this once, I did it quite badly. Oh. You were going to describe One Piece. Oh, uh, okay. Hell yeah. Uh, because when yeah. I did it, I called the main character Rufy. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, and got a lot of stuff wrong. So, um, let's go. You've got a minute and 30 on the clock. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Go. Okay, so the story starts out, you're on, it's, it begins on a ship. It's a very uh, decadent ship, it's a civilian ship, and there's a ball going on in there. And there's a ginger-haired girl dancing around who actually turns out to be a thief who steals only from pirates. Uh, a barrel gets picked up from the sea, because uh, it's just drifting along, and that barrel has Luffy in it, the main protagonist. Uh, a ship docks with them, and uh, I can't remember the name of the pirate lady. There's a big fat pirate lady who jumps on board, who has a, like, a little servant boy called Kobe, who's like basically enslaved by them. Uh, Luffy beats up everyone who is a pirate, apart from Kobe, and then sets off with Kobe to an island where pirate hunter Zoro resides and is being held captive Half-time. by the Navy. Uh, Kobe wants to be part of the Navy, but doesn't have the balls. Uh, they free Zoro and give him his swords back when it turns out the Navy's going to just straight up kill Zoro instead of... They're going to renege on a deal they have with him. 30 seconds. He gets recruited to the crew. Uh, they go off, they get... Sanji, no, Usopp the sniper, Sanji the cook, Nami the navigator, uh, Chopper the medicine boy, uh, Robin the knowledgeable person, Frankie the shipbuilder, Brooke the musician, and they go off to become the, Luffy wants to become the pirate king, Zoro wants to be the best swordsman in the world, they go to the Grand Line where everyone's like dangerous and gonna kill you, and that's what One Piece is, which is how we see the cook. Nice. I mean, considering that series is like 900 episodes or something like that, yeah. that's, that's I mean, I remarkable. I tried the first two episodes quite well, and then I was like, and then this person joined, and then this person joined them. <laughs> like, one arc after the other. Is Kobe named after the beef? Uh, C-O-B-Y. Yeah. So Kobe! Because I think Kobe's K-O-B-Y, isn't it? Kobe It is, yeah. No, it's K-O-B-E. Oh, okay. Uh, C-O-B-Y, it's a basketball player. Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, um, no, this is like a midget with pink hair and is just so white. <laughs> uh, so not not too similar. Yeah. Uh, right. You really... Okay. So I mean, yeah. No, I just that's a series that I I read the manga for it. Like I, I was saying this back when you gave it to me. Mm. I read the manga for it years and years ago. I was, I was in college at the time, and it was like over summer break. I decided I was on like an anime kick, and I just. I read through the manga to a certain point and didn't get much further. Yeah. They never actually got to the Grand Line. Oh, really? You didn't get that far into it then? 
Well, it was like chapter seven hundred and something in the manga, right? Which the ch- but the chapters are shorter than like it's multiple chapters in an episode it, when you go through the anime. Yeah, that's like I think it's like episode. I want to say fifty or so when they start going to Grand Line. I can't remember. It has been very. Oh, long maybe time. maybe they had been there then. I don't know. It's like I said, it's been a long time. Yeah. But you know a lot more details than I do, like the names of the characters. Yeah. I knew the general premise. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I always feel What's like mine? Soft, but then he's easy to forget. Uh, yeah. Right, yours is, your easy one, is the first series of Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, I can do this. Okay. Yeah. Wait, the one that was aired in the... Up in they like the... the island. Okay, okay. Because they, they made a prequel series uh, called Shadow Duels. Mm. And it was so good because Yugi just... Straight up kills people. Oh. He throws a dude off a roof. Nice. Like, he also lights a burglar on fire. By pouring gasoline in his lap. Jesus. Like, there's... It's... The the prequel series is really dark, and they hadn't really developed the card game element of it yet. So yeah. when the actual series came... Just a little side story <laughs> it there. Wasn't, it was nothing to do with cards. They were just killing each other. <laughs> the, the prequel... No, because it's all about how the, the demon spirit thing that possesses him, like, uh, is just straight up evil. Right. Like, he's just... He's, he's like, old world brutal. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I'll, so I, I know what series you're talking about. Then. Yep. I'm ready. I'll try and warn you for the halfway point this time. Okay. Okay. Wait, sorry, up until what point? Uh, until they leave the island. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. Okay, three, two, one, go. Alright, so Yu-Gi-Oh! focuses on the main character, Yu-Gi-Moto, who is this nerdy little midget whose grandfather owns a card shop, really into playing this trading card game called Duel Monsters. Um, his grandfather has this super rare card that is, like, you know, worth more than its weight in gold, apparently. And um, this rich dude named Kaiba comes by and he's like, I want that card. I'll trade you all these rare cards for it. And the grandpa says, no, it's a relic and it's it's my thing. And uh, Kaiba's like, well, fuck you. And he sends some thugs by and they beat the crap out of his grandfather and steal the card. And then Yugi's like, oh, I'll, I gotta get my grandfather back and take revenge. So we're gonna duel for it. And then um, Kaiba's like, you know what? I already had three of these. That's the max you can have in the deck. I'm just gonna rip this piece of shit up right in front of you. Halfway. Um... Then he does the duel, beats Kaiba, uh, and then he gets invited to a tournament on an island, him and his friends, and there's like a million dollar prize, and his best friend, who's this douchebag named Joey, wants to save his sister, and he needs the money for that, and so they go through this tournament, there's a whole bunch of cast of characters, the main guy is this really gay man who wants to, like, <laughs> kill all of them, and um, makes them duel for it, and then at the end it turns out he's got this crazy eyeball thing that makes him evil, and then Yugi kicks his ass, and then they get it off. They get off the island. His Joey's sister's saved, Ten and um, they all live happily ever after. Also, Yugi is a badass only half of the time because he's possessed by a demon. Time. All right. So <laughs> at the beginning, when you're like, uh, he has a card that's worth his weight in gold. Cards aren't very heavy, guys. <laughs> it's I thought about worth that. More than that. I li- I literally thought about that as I was saying it, but I'm like, I need to keep moving with this. I can't yeah. stop to say that. <laughs> oh. oh my god! But yeah, yeah no, like I-, I skipped over a lot. There's so many fun characters in that. I don't know why mm-hmm. I, did- I chose to focus on Joey. Probably because I don't remember anything about the the other people that were with Tristan. him. 
I love you. you. Also, can we talk about how like um the when the Ameri- the super American dude loses, he jumps yeah. up and like pulls a gun on the guy hosting the tournament. <laughs> and I'm just like, In thanks, America, Japan. Sploosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he falls down a trapdoor. God, I only ever uh, remember the bridge part of that now. Yeah. Same same with the, the Harpy sisters. <laughs> my Harpy sisters. Oh my god. Yeah. The the abridged series are are so good. Yeah, so funny. Okay, so for you, I have a couple things here. I did the first one. I'm not sure how well you know it. Okay. Uh, but the first one I chose was the plot of Hunger Games. Okay. So is it something that you know a, like a a good a lot about, or is it something that you? Because I, I, I'm not sure how much you know about it. Are we talking about just the first film or all the films? The whole plot. Okay, I was going to say, if it was just the first film, I do know a fair bit about that. If it's all yeah. the films, I've not seen the middle one, and I've only seen the last one once, I think. I've only seen the first film, but I've read the books, all the books. Right, okay. Uh, I think that would be a good one, yeah. Okay, then let's go with that. All right. I'm going to start strong and then it's going to get very weak after that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, let's go. Uh, timer starting in 3, 2, 1, go. Okay, so Hunger Games is all about this girl called Katniss Everdeen. She's part of the poor people group in uh, section 14 or something. All the people are, the people are segmented into different sections. Uh, yeah, she got the, the short straw. A, a lot of other people there as well. They're like the servant slave quarter, where they're meant to do everything for the higher segments. Um, once a year, someone from each segment's meant to be chosen, put into a big battlefield game, which uh, the one environment tries to kill you, and also all the other people try to kill you. There's only one person that gets out alive, and they're considered the champion to get all some money and fame. Uh, she does training, she uses a bow, she goes in with another person from the segment, and uh, they refuse to kill each other. They escape with their lives. A bunch of other kids die. Um, and, yeah, they walk away with a bit of fame. I'm assuming in the second segment, uh, the second uh, film, they probably have seconds. to do it again for whatever reason, and bullshit happens. I think... That, and then, like, a revolution starts. Um, at some point, a bunch of people from one of the segments... Uh, team up, they run towards the, the hydroelectric dam that's powering the whole society, they run in with bombs and just explode the dam and Ten themselves. seconds. Uh, there's a massive fucking war, they finally break down the gates and attack the posh upper class people who are doing nothing. Uh, then the posh upper class people carpet bomb Time. their children. That's a great line to end on. <laughs> right? Oh, then finish it! God damn it! <laughs> um, oh. Alright, so... The um, you you did get like a, a remarkable amount, right? I, the third one is the one that I know probably the least about because it was the book that bored me the most. Ironically, right. like when the when the actual revolution started happening, I'm like, yeah, I've read this a million times. Right. Um. Some some minor uh, corrections in the second book, the one that you don't know, the reason that they get pulled back in. So, the the first tournament ends because her and the other guy that's chosen from her district, by the way, which is District Twelve. Not oh. District 14. District 14, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they get chosen... They, they both get 
they they both get chosen they kind of develop some kind of like a, a bond throughout the whole thing yeah i just did not give a single flying fuck about relationships in that series it doesn't it it doesn't matter but it's it's relevant because of the way it ends they they put on this show for the audience that um that they're oh if we if one of us has to die we'll die together and they they're gonna take both take poison mm. at the end of the thing and they the the person administering the tournament goes stop and then, like this year, two winners will be had because of this this glorious, yeah. this beautiful moment. Because it's it's meant to be to please the crowd. Unfortunately, because the guy did that, the president is like, "Yeah, you shouldn't have done that," and he like executes the dude. Huh. Because like essentially, the whole point of the tournaments is to keep the other districts mm-hmm. like um, thinking that they they have just a little bit of hope, but not that much hope. Mm. It's essentially to keep them in line. It's it's a form of psychological warfare, um, and so allowing this exception, this this chink in the armor, that was enough to make him go like, "No, shouldn't have done that." Mm-hmm. And anyway, the, so what he does is he basically picks the exact. They, they, the next year they do a special tournament where only former champions get to play, and so they bring both of them back again with the idea that this time one of them's going to die. Um, and that's that's the whole th- because of that and a bunch of other stuff. That's what really kind of sparks off the revolution. Can I just um, c- complete the the final sentence that I was trying to utter about the carpet bomb? Go ahead, because I feel I'll, like go it's going to be on everyone's minds. Um, so at the end, when they're storming the palace with the chief evil book guy in it, the, all the kids are put out in front of the palace where they're like, "All right, these are our kids. They, we don't want them part of the fight, so we're going to send them out." Mm. And yeah, like a bunch of military uh, posh dude aircraft fly over the top and carpet bomb all the kids. Uh, and they're just dead. And so then even like the palace guards and things, they just turn on the guy and they kill him. Well, they didn't kill him, they yeah. capture him. And later on, he's put up for execution in public ceremony. Um, can, can we talk about how like the government in that universe is probably the most incompetent, idiotic, like, form of government known to man. But... Like, sorry, go on. It turns out that it was actually the rebellion leader who sent a bunch of uh, disguised ships to bomb the kids. So that even the palace guards would turn on their own people. So it was actually the people who had won the war, the the good guys, the rebellion, that had done the bombing. And so when they it were, comes, yeah, they were trying to make martyrs. Yeah, when it comes to the new uh, electing the new leader, who is the rebel leader, uh, rather than Katniss shooting the corrupt ex evil prime minister dude, she mm. shoots the new rebel leader, and she gets exiled because of it. Because everyone thinks that she just murdered the leader of the new faith, kind of thing. Uh, mm. It's quite a horrible ending. I actually, I, I like that ending. It's it's like it's a clever ending. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I I like that ending because I I like I like the tragic twist. endings. Yeah. I like oh, okay. sad stories, and I also like moral ambiguity in my stories. Mm. So, but no, I just it just everything about this is the government in that universe is Pan Am, like that's the the nation it's called. Mm-hmm. It's stupid in every way possible. Like, the the Hunger Games tournament makes sense in a way because it's a way to, like, keep 
your boot on the heads of people. Yeah. It, it basically like showing off the power. What? Yeah, remind them who's in charge. What doesn't make sense is the way they have their society set up. Each district is doing one thing, literally one thing. And if any of those districts fail for any reason, the whole place is blown to shit. Apart if from the, the top district players. that does what? Apart from the top players. Yeah, some of the ones that are doing like gemstones and stuff like that. Okay, you lose some luxuries if they fail. But if the if the agriculture district for some reason fails, you've yeah. got no redundancy whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems idiotic to me. But they're they're trying to tell a, a compelling story, so it's one of those things like like Baby Driver from last week. Just if you turn your brain off and enjoy it. And it did lead some very dramatic and interesting things, like where I said when um, the the like the woodcutting se- sector, they lay traps in the forest, kill all the people guarding them. Then they they're literally Ewoks. They grab. Uh, high explosives run into an electric dam like the scene from Lord of the Rings where the berserker runs at the wall getting shot at. Like, yeah, I know. Tons of them go down, about. but the moment that electric dam is exploded, like the whole city loses all its power. Hmm. It's um, pretty good. Bringing us all right. to the last... So now it's me. Last one. one, the one that I don't know too much about. Yep. You will be recounting story uh, I don't mind which side you take on it the story of Dawn of War 1 <laughs> he puts his drink down in horror <laughs> Dawn of War 1 you played Dawn of War have I? I'm... are you talking about Red Alert? no I'm talking about Dawn of War Warhammer I honestly don't think I know anything Did about you it. Not? I thought you had. Dawn of War. Dawn of War 1. I'm looking at it right now. I definitely have not played this. Oh, yeah, it's not even in your library. Maybe I was thinking of Duncan and Kevin. That's you not... probably were. I, although, I may want to get this. It's on sale right now. It's always on sale. <laughs> It, I mean, it's nine bucks for the, four games. The, there's only two games worth playing in any Warhammer setting, and that's Dawn of War Game of the Year Edition, which is the first one, mm-hmm. and Dawn of War Dark Crusade, because... Well, they're both three bucks right now, so I might actually pick them up. I'd recommend it. Um, anyway, so I know nothing about that. I'm sorry uh, to yeah, derail okay. that. I'll rehash... You, uh, waffle for... Oh, no, fuck it. Uh... Naruto. No, I think we've done Didn't Naruto I... before, haven't we? I've had you do Naruto before. Mm. Wait, actually, you may have had me do Naruto before. Yeah, One of us has done Naruto before, and we did it fairly well. Uh, I, I will waffle that. for a little bit. Th- think. Use your brain. Uh, <laughs> God. Oh, you know what? I'll do uh, a little bit more talking about how much I despise the fucking politics and Pan Am of Hunger Games. Okay, good. Actually, you know what? Let's let's talk about some more Transformers lore because I, I I feel like I didn't get enough done in that uh, that first little bit there. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> like once they look into Mister, ten seconds left. To what? Um. So they 
like once they're on Earth, like a bunch of stuff happens. Like the Autobots immediately make inroads with some humans by you know helping them out and saving them and literally letting the Decepticons get away because um, the Decepticons immediately start attacking human energy facilities, hydroelectric electric dams, oil rigs. And using them to create this energy source that they use, uh, energon, that can be kind of stored as a pure, like, plasma kind of form of energy. Um, and the idea being that because Earth has so much, like, raw energy through tectonic energy, through fossil fuels, through hydroelectrics, through wind power, that they can use this planet to essentially refuel their homeworld and then restart their war. So it becomes kind of a stalemate between the Decepticons and Autobots. The Decepticons trying to steal as much energy as they can, and the Autobots trying to prevent them from doing that while making inroads with the local population. What's up, Blue? I see your finger up. I want you to tell me the story of Call of Duty Zombies. I don't know that. I'm just a... I don't... What? I never played Good. the Zombies mode. <laughs> but you never played the Zombies mode. No, I Ever. think zombies are fucking stupid. Oh, you're the fucking worst. <laughs> I can tell you the studio, uh, the story of. Okay. Mm hmm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. I could probably do that. Okay. With some degree of reliability. I because I, I actually I actually but... played that game, but it was twelve years ago. Yes. And I expect there's certain points I expect you to cover. Okay. Okay, right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Alright, so in Call of Duty, you play generic American soldier lady, or man, whatever. You you, you go through war zones, and you're, you're fighting terrorism and other, other forces, until there is this Russian terrorist dude who takes somebody down, or something like that, and he forces, like, an undercover CIA agent to or to not, depending on your degree of squeamishness, shoot a bunch of civilians in an airport. And because of that, that starts a war. Russia invades America, and you're fighting off, like, you know, Russian troopers next to a Burger King or something like that. Um, you're going through, and there's, there's combat, and there's combat. Suddenly the British are involved, and they're over here in Europe fighting off Russians who are doing stuff over there. And then you go back to America, and I honestly, the story is a blur to me. I have no... Even when I played it, I had no idea what happened. I remember the the airport scene where you're killing civilians. I remember the British dude who gets shot in the face by his own teammate right outside of an airplane as he's trying to evacuate from some village somewhere. And then... It all culminates in you taking out whoever was the terrorist guy that started everything, and then peace happens because they were like, look, this guy did it all. Please, let's Seven. stop the war. I think. <laughs> okay, do you want me to stop there? Yeah, stop there. Okay, so my memory's not great either, but I think you got things a little bit mixed up. Um, it starts off in the uh, you know, like the boot camp, and you're being looked down upon while you do the training grounds by one Colonel Shepard. I don't remember the names of any characters in any Call okay. of Duty Shepherd's, games. Shepard's like a key guy, that's why I brought that name up. Uh, you... Yeah, you're, I think it's a blur. Uh, you do the um, Brazil level, where you're fighting for a shanty town. 
Remember that? I don't remember the Brazil level. And then Ghost rugby tackles someone from a second story window onto a car. That I remember. Yeah. Okay, I do remember that. Uh, then there's No Russian, which is a skippable level where you go into an airport with a bunch of Russian terrorists because you're undercover. And yeah, yeah, you're end, like they... some kind of undercover guy, and you're going in there through a Russian airport, like literally just gunning down civilians. Yeah, and um, then at the end of it, you're like stepping into a van, and the leader turns to you and he's like, no Russian, shoots you in the chest, because he knows that you're a spy. Um, yeah, the, the, something that not a lot of people realize is that you can play through that whole level and not shoot anyone, Yeah, and it doesn't matter. You can just literally walk around. I mean, I, by that logic, I fucking mowed well everyone down. I, I fucking mowed everyone down. Yeah. I mean, I think you got... Well, I think you'll technically have to kill some of the, the cops that try and kill you, but... Yeah, near the end. The people were actually shooting back. I'm talking about the, the yeah. unarmed people. Um, but it, it's... Sorry, can, can, we, can we pause for a sec to talk about, like, how... <laughs> it It's a video game. Yeah. Like, this is something that has bothered me ever since... Video games have had a lot of especially in the mid-2000s, they had a lot of moral panics around them. Yeah. Like, people were concerned about Mass Effect because there was one scene at the end that was very tastefully done that, you know, there was some sexy going on. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, was no different than, like, a PG-13 movie. And this thing, like, they're like, oh, God, the moment kids play this, they're going to go out and they're going to shoot a bunch of people. I'm like, no. I mean, no. they did the the whole Joker murderer asshole guy, didn't they? So I think that's kind of that was around that time. I think it raised tensions. Um, yeah, there, but there's always going to be crazy people. Yeah, who but that's spoil it anyway. Sorry, just just a little bit of little yeah. bit of annoyance um, that still sticks in my head from stuff like that. But go on, um, please. But yeah, then you're. I can't remember why but you're going into like country residencies and oh, there's also that's this... the part I was talking about. With the British guy. I thought that was a British guy that went to country residence. I think Ghost's a British guy. In fact, maybe they're all... Because McTavish is also, is Scottish, so I guess he's British. There's... They're definitely... I mean, it's a Call of Duty game. Main character has to be American. I don't know if he is. Oh, d- did they get nuked in this one? That's the thing. I, I, I'm getting, I think, Black Ops in this mix-up. Because there's also the winter level, remember? Where you got the heat scope. Not heat scope. Yep. The sensor module. Yeah, thermal, thermal sensor. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and you're escaping with price from a snow base full of Russians, I see. It's always Russians. Yep. Um, anyway, at the end of World Warfare 2... Oh, maybe it's... No, it is World Warfare 2. Uh, you're, like, you finish your mission, you're with Ghost, and then Shepard turns around and revolvers you in the chest, and then... Hold on. Isn't this the game where at some point during the game, you get nuked, and your character dies horribly crawling through, like, the fallout? I don't know. I COD is very easy at like I think that might be Modern Warfare One. I mean the campaigns are all so interchangeable. Yeah, because I was about to say because Modern Warfare Two. I, I was about to say Modern Warfare Three ending where you throw a knife at Shepard's head and kill him. But mm. I think in Modern Warfare Two, you and Ghost get killed. He dumps a bunch of fuel on your bodies and burns you to death. So. Full disclosure, like, Call of Duty is a game that I play off and on. Like, occasionally, if I want to play that sort of Modern Warfare kind of shooter, I'll pick it up. Yeah. But the, the only ones I've played are Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2, Advanced Warfare, and... Oh, God, I've come out uh, of Advanced Warfare. 
one of the one of the Black Ops games. Don't love blobs. Cod blobs. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I've also played I've also played the the Cod blobs uh, World at War, the new one. I really liked that one. Uh, I the original World at War was so good. Um, that was also the first zombies map where zombies were actually a good game. Yeah, the, the zombie thing like just confused me. I just well, there were like four maps in the original one, and uh, they also all had German names, which were kind of cool. Uh, there was like the farmhouse one, which talked about uh, introduced like the hellhounds, and it talked about how they experimented on the the main scientists had a daughter, and that daughter had a puppy, and the puppy was what got experimented on. And that's the dog that keeps, like, attacking you. Uh, the teddy bear that appears in the chest and moves the chest is the girl's teddy bear. Uh, and also the voice that comes with it when it's like, ha 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 ha, is the girl. Um, and yeah, it's all rolls around this, like, German scientist who was trying to, you know, make super soldiers. I just, uh, I feel like this, this was a, like, a, this was a mid-2000s trend of zombies. Yeah. Like, everything had to have zombies. Call of Duty a zombies mode. Halo put in a zombies mode. There is a there's cool. like all this classic literature reinterpreted to have zombies. The thing is, Call of like, Duty had it was good, and then they overcomplicated things later down the line. Where like, don't get me wrong, I don't like later concept games anyway because they have stupid shit in them, and it's no longer Call of Duty. It's Call of whoever pays the most. Well, um, and that that was that. That's the same problem I had with the Halo games. Halo stopped being Halo after Halo Three or Reach technically after Reach it stopped being Halo. Yeah. They tried to, Halo tried to be Call of Duty, and it just it they lost what made Halo unique and fun as a shooter. Yeah, and then in in Black Ops, which is all about Fidel Castro and the Cuban Missile Crisis. I've never played that one, but I, I yeah. You play as the zombies in that is like you play as Kennedy in the White House. And, uh, yeah, like, I think one of you plays as Castro, I think, in fact. And, yeah, you're in, the, you're in the big meeting room, and you're having a conversation, and then suddenly, like, zombies start appearing everywhere. There's, like, a boss in it now, who's in the basement, who's really hard to kill, and he steals your weapons. There's the Pack-A-Punch, there's the Teleporters, there's the dogs. There's just too much. Um, but, yeah, original one's very fun. Oh my god! Yeah, I that was, <laughs> I was struggling after because I remember the few iconic scenes from that game, mm. vaguely, but I just the plot was just a blur. Mm. And Which, there's a lot of deep lore. Yeah, apparently, deep lore that seems like straight out of a like bootleg Tom Tom Clancy novel. Oh yeah. Um, All right. Well, <laughs> that was that was a bit of a, a rocky one. We had some good stuff. We had some bad stuff. And um, yeah. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening. Anything you'd like to say, Blue, before we close out the podcast? Uh, you have beautiful eyes. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> All right. <laughs> God. This is going to be the end of episode 45 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you will tune in again soon. I hope everyone at home has beautiful eyes as well this week. (laughs)